Thank you, Kelly Robinson. Good morning to you folks and welcome. Good warm morning across Texas. Prospects of a little cooler weather for parts of the state at least in the next uh, two or three days. I vote. Let's bring that on. Good morning and welcome. Glad to have you tuned this morning live here on the uh, week before the 4th. We'll be live next week, by the way, just uh, just a heads up. Jared uh, Taylor and I don't take time off. We were just talking before we went on the air. A couple of working guys trying to trying to keep our families fed and keep our rent and mortgage pay, payments done. So anyway, I am here to talk about the plants at your place as we head into midsummer now. 888-256-1080. Give me a call, won't you please? When Jared came into the studio, he does all the screening of the phone calls. The phone was ringing, and Sue Ellen and Brian said, Am I too early? And Jared assured her, No, we'd love having calls when we go on the air. That's just great. So, Sue Ellen, let me get the program up and running, and we will come right to you. I'll take my first break, and you'll be the first call. Phone number, once again, 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. If you are interested in planting fall tomatoes, Texas, this is your time. The next, uh, the next 10 days, this is your time. There's no point in my going through the math. I've done that for 20 years. Trust me, this is the time. The only exception would be in far south Texas. We're talking about Corpus Christi and southward. Uh, if you uh, are that far south, obviously uh, your uh, first freeze is going to be a lot later. But uh, if you want any productivity at all from your fall tomato crop, you don't know when that first freeze will come. And if you do the math backwards uh, to get six or eight weeks of good production, you need to plant transplants now. And frankly, good luck on finding them in nurseries. Hopefully you started the seed or rooted cuttings back when we talked about it three or four weeks ago. But this is your time for a fall tomato planting and also for, uh, for planting of uh, pumpkin seeds. And let me just go and, and stay with small to mid-sized pumpkins and always stay with small to mid-sized tomato varieties. Let me just say this once and for all, and this is based on 52 years of ministering to the needs of Texas gardeners. Fall plants, transplants of tomatoes that you set out now and harvest in the fall are several times more productive than weak, spindly, tired, heat-beaten plants that you struggle to pull through the heat of a Texas summer. Trust me, I've seen it every year for 52 years. Trust me on that one. All right, that gets the program up enough. That's the main thing that you need to be watching for right now. Don't be putting nitrogen on St. Augustine right now because of gray leaf spot on my website I, we've just posted, Gretchen posted, uh, what we had in eGardens last week, and that is that uh, very detailed information about how to identify St. Augustine problems. Therefore, no need to call. You can go to neilsperry.com and click on St. Augustine Diagnostics. It's right there on the home page, and uh, you can see all of the different things that happen to St. Augustine. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Click on St. Augustine Diagnostics on the home page, and it'll show you how to tell the difference between the spring take-all root rot and the summer gray leaf spot and chinch bugs and fall brown patch and the other things that happen to St. Augustine, iron deficiency and, and uh, other things that happen to St. Augustine. 
and a very common problem that people just kind of overlook. Oh, no, it can't be my problem uh, is excessive shade. So anyway, that's that. Let me do my first break. We'll come back and go to Sue Ellen and Brian. And then we have Gene and Sinton, and we have a couple of other lines available if you hurry. And that is 888-256-1080, 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. I am continuing my summer sale for a limited time more. And that is $32.95 on this book that was $36.95 and will be as we get into the sixth printing of the book, thirty-eight ninety-five. It's a tremendous opportunity for you to get the book right now. I am it's still selling just right and left. I'm signing books, taking them to the post office. This is a self-published book. Usually when you hear of self-publishing books, it's uh, because uh, a publisher is doing poetry or something in a small amount, and uh, they don't want to go through a big uh, publishing house. Well, I wanted to go through a big publishing house. I just didn't want to go through the distributors and the stores and all of that because I wanted to be able to sign every copy for you, and that's what I've been able to do. 75,000 copies sold. I always guarantee your satisfaction, or I'll refund every penny. Not one request for a refund on those 75,000 copies. It's 32.95, 11 chapters. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas. The soil types in the various parts of the state, the climatic zones in the various parts of the state, things you need to know to get started. Chapter 2 I've never put in any book before, and that is a calendar, a perpetual calendar of when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all of your plants. People tell me that that chapter alone pays for this book. Chapters 3 through 11 are incredibly detailed chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. There are massive charts in the annual and perennial chapters alone that will help you pick the right plants. And just a lot of text, 840 photos, 344 pages. It's a hardback, and still, it's only $32.95. It took me a year to write this book, and so you can get it. If you're not happy, I'll refund every penny. Two ways you can buy it since it's not in stores and not on Amazon. You buy it from my website or you call my office. The office phone number weekdays, 800-752-GROW, G-R-O-W. That's 800-752-4769. But the better way is to order it right now at neilsperry.com, N E I L. S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. There's a lot of talk these days about Made in America, but I'd like to tell you about something that's been made in America for 90 years. Mueller Metal Roofing. Mueller Steel Buildings, made right here by people who care about quality of materials and workmanship. Whether it's a metal roof for your home or a custom steel building or even a shed or a greenhouse for the backyard, Mueller means quality. Mueller, M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Mueller has four manufacturing facilities right here in the USA, and with 33 branches for sales and service, there's a Mueller location near you. 
When you choose Mueller for metal buildings or roofing, you're choosing the best quality products to protect your family and your property. And you're supporting local jobs and local families. These are ordinary, hardworking folks who are proud to provide a product made right here in America. And when a product's been around, a company's been around for 90 years, you know they're doing it right. Visit MuellerInc.com or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. 877-268-3553. That's Mueller. They're made in America, and they're made to last. MuellerInc.com. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. And we go back. Uh, well, we don't go back. We haven't been there yet. We go for the first call today. This will be Sue Ellen and Brian. Sue Ellen, thanks for calling so early today. How can <laughs> You're I welcome. You? Thank you for letting me call. Okay, I have a great big uh, pecan tree in my backyard that's probably 100 years old. It's a beautiful, it doesn't produce pecans, but it's a beautiful shade tree. But a couple of weeks ago, uh, an exterminator came out because we've been having trouble with carpenter ants, and he said that's where their nest is. He showed me how there were ants on the trunk of the tree and how they were crawling into the trunk. And uh, he sprayed around the base of the tree. He had said for me to trim the other branches that were getting on the limbs of the house roof because that's what they were doing. They were going up the tree, down the branches, and to the roof of the house. So I was just wondering, is there something I should do to the tree? Probably very little. Um, keeping Keeping the branches from touching the house would be a good idea so that you don't get... Um, rodents and other things getting into your house uh, and and some rodents can jump so you want to keep the branches a good distance away so they don't rub the roofing we have the same issue with pecans overhanging our house and we get uh, squirrels jumping and and uh, roof rats and things like that and i try to keep them far enough away that we don't have that problem uh, and i don't want them brushing you know rubbing the roof uh, certainly or the or the eaves uh, beyond that um if he had a known spot that's a hollow spot, I would probably have a certified arborist look at the tree to make sure that the tree is structurally sound. That's a very old tree, and it is possible to, I don't want to scare you, if it's healthy and vigorous, that's that's a very good sign. But if there's any hollow spot in it, you need to know that, and an arborist would be the one to tell you that, a certified arborist. And... Uh, you know, if you go to the, I'm, I'm going to throw out some big words now, but this is the Society website. It's ISA, International Society of Arboriculture. It's ISA, I think it may be .org or .com, I'm not sure which. But if you look up, certi- find a certified arborist, it'll take you to that website, and, and it'll have a spot on the homepage, I believe. I looked, I think that's where it was, find a certified arborist. And I will guarantee you that... <laughs> The, the bad news is when you look in Bryan, Texas, it's going to find probably four dozen of them, but they're all going to be university, Texas A&M University employees. They're not going to be people who can come out and look at your tree. You need a, a practicing arborist with a business, and uh, that's I, I know there will be some in, in the Brazos County area, and, and that's the person you need to come examine the tree very closely. Okay. So Thank would, you so I much. I would check. I would check there. Uh, you could call the uh, department, uh, the, the forestry people at A&M, 
or the Texas A&M Forest, uh, uh, Forestry Service and ask them how to find one in Brazos County, they could help you uh, narrow that down. And have that person come out and take a look at the tree to make sure it's structurally sound. So that that's your starting point. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Sue Ellen. Have a good day. Take care. Let's go to uh, let's go to a Jean in Sinton. Jean, this is Neil. Good morning. How can I help you? Uh, Jean? I need no. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. I had to turn off the mixer. Um, Not a problem. We need some. We need something to plant under oak trees. The weeds don't even like it. There's got to be some uh-huh. kind of grass <laughs> or not. Just. Is this some of those big, beautiful South Texas live oaks, or what are what do you have? Yes, sir. Yeah, they're huge. Yeah. All right. Um, My neighbor so, tried. She put. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Uh huh. No, she put. She did the the you know real good soil underneath them and and put lots of St. Augustine and well, it didn't work. Right. So we need something else. Well, the problem is going to be, and and uh, I will tell you that I've taken. I, I'm really not trying to trying to sound aloof or haughty or anything with my comments. I'm a very ordinary person. I've taken about 450,000 phone calls in my 45 years, 42 years of doing this kind of broadcasting. I keep a record of all of them. You're on my on my uh, spiral mm-hmm. notebook here, and. In looking back through them, which I do periodically, this is by far the most common question I get. What can I, what grass can I grow beneath trees? You get into cities and the HOAs are requiring grass beneath trees, which is a very impractical thing for them to require. You know, they require two trees in a small front yard in a, in a city, and then they expect people to have grass there when it's total shade. The problem we have is that all grasses have to have sunlight. That's what we found out when I was a kid at the Astrodome. The man who was given the responsibility of trying to find a grass that would grow in the Astrodome lived on the same street I lived on in College Station when I was a kid. And I saw the the cold frames where he was doing his research trying to find grass that could be grown in, in partial shade. And it didn't work. That's where AstroTurf had to come along. And so that's going to be your problem is all that shade that the big live oaks uh, uh, give. Now, what I've done in my pecan forest, I mentioned to the first caller that I live in a pecan forest, and I've used mondo grass, monkey grass, which is not a true grass, but it has that look and that yeah. nice soft texture, and I'm happy with it. I love it. Um, we started with a good bit, and as it has grown and, and filled in, I now can propagate my own, and so I don't have to buy any more, thank heavens. And as my trees have gotten bigger, I just get some more from my own yard and, and plant a larger area. As the trees have gotten bigger and as some other trees have, have grown large enough to shade out the grass. So that would be, that's always my recommendation, is Mondo grass. If you want to see what our yard looks like, if you happen to have the book that I just advertised, it's uh, I do. page one. It's on page 143 is our backyard, and you can see what mondo grass looks like where I couldn't grow any kind of turf grass. Um, and and so uh, that's that's my recommendation to you is, is don't be frustrated like your neighbor is. You can waste a lot of money trying to buy sod she to plant did. there. Yeah, yeah, and that's what happens. I even, I even thought about Bedelia because, you know, that stuff will grow in your hands. 
So it's where right. I right. tell her Well, that. and and you <laughs> have access. You have access to some other plants in in the South Texas area that probably could do very well. Uh, one that I've loved that grew for a long time in College Station at my uncle's house was Algerian ivy. Um, the only problem with it, and it's uh, Hedra canariensis, big. It has great big tropical-looking leaves, and it would do very well uh, in, in the corpus area. The only problem with it is uh, that it in College Station it froze back uh, in, well, two years ago. But in your area, I don't think it would. I think it would be fine. If you want something that has a vine, you know, with live oaks, that's not a problem. But with other trees, uh, you'd have a hard time blowing leaves out of it. But with live oaks, they'll just filter right through. I even thought about the passion vine. It's growing everywhere. (laughs) Passion vine will not grow in the shade. No, you don't want passion vine under there. That would not be Mine grows. Mine, truly, mine's growing everywhere. I know uh, it will. I, I, I know it will, but number one, it's deciduous. It will, If it does get cold, it will die to the ground. Number two, it piles up too deep, and it needs the sun to bloom well. It won't, it won't do what you want it to do. Not a good choice. Yeah. Well, anyway, I will tell her about the mon- monograph. Anyway, thank you. Monograph, you betcha. Thanks for the call. Okay. Have a good Bye-bye. day. All right, Jesse and Amarillo, we're going from Corpus Christi to Amarillo. This is why I love this program. I have to, I have to think. Isn't that great? I like that. Jesse, stay with me. I'll come right to you. Let me, um, let's see. I need to tell you right now about my newsletter, Neil Spray's eGardens. I love doing eGardens. We've done it for 18 years. It's an electronic way for me to reach out to you on Thursdays and, and get word to you. Uh, about things that are happening. If there's a plague of locusts, we don't have plagues of locusts, but we'll just say there's a plague of grasshoppers. I can alert you that East Texas grasshoppers have moved in. That's not the case right now, but but I could tell you that or, or whatever. Or if it's the perfect time to plant fall tomatoes, as it is, I can tell you that, and I did, and I will this week. Uh, so that's the that's the beauty of eGardens. It's like a garden section in a newspaper. And I do most of the writing for eGardens twice a month. There are five stories a week, so five times four or five times five. You have 20 or 25 stories a month, and two of those are written by other people. Uh, the rest I write, and I enjoy that very, very much. It's kind of interesting to come up with something new each week five times over. And uh, But there are so many things that people need to know about gardening in Texas, and that's the spontaneity of e-gardens. One of the, qu- one of the topics always is a featured plant of the, of the week. Another is gardening this weekend. That is our most looked at uh, 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 topic in e-gardens every week. Everybody wants to know, what do I need to do this weekend? So they look at that. And then I also have the Q&A. Uh, where uh, where I feature the most asked questions or the ones that are of most interest. And um, so take a look at it. You can see what eGardens looks like by going to my website. That's where you sign up for it. By the way, this will surprise you. It is free. It always will be free. I spend a day to two days a week writing eGardens, and yet it is free to you. We have advertising in it, and that's how I make my living doing it. But it's free to you and always will be. I will never give or sell your email address to anybody. So you don't have to worry about being spammed. Take a look at eGardens on my website, neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Then click on eGardens. More after these messages. 
Thank you, Kelly, very much. 888-256-1080, just like he said. Let's go to Jesse in Amarillo. Jesse, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. How can I help? Yeah, I had a question. My first... Jesse, your phone is doing odd things. Yeah, Sounds I'm like calling it's... in from work. Okay. Hello? Let's give it a try. Uh, yeah, I just had a question about uh, lettuce and tomatoes in my area, when to plant. All right. Tomatoes for your fall garden would be planted immediately now. Nobody more than you needs to plant immediately because of your, your first frost date coming up really early in the fall compared to South Texas. And then for lettuce, you would plant um, uh, late August, probably about the 20th of August, 15th to 20th of August. And you'll need to, and you'll want to go with leaf lettuce only. And uh, you'll need to catch uh, some a, a cool, some cool nights. You have cool nights pretty often, and so that's when you'd want to get lettuce started. But tomatoes right away. Stay with small to mid-sized varieties. I hope you can find transplants. It may be difficult to find transplants. It's it, sometimes you just almost have to grow your own um, and and start them about the first or the seventh, uh, eighth, tenth of June to have them ready by the 1st of July. That's that's the, the target date. And in Amarillo, I would back that up by five days, so the, the end of June, we're there now. Okay. Yeah, I had I had germinated some, and uh, like I say, they I, tra- I went and transplanted them because I don't know I'm a new gardener, and they all died. So um, I, hopefully I can find some, um, some ones that are already maybe at a greenhouse or whatnot. Yeah, but, um, call around. I, would, I wouldn't, with gas prices being what they are, I would not drive around looking for them because what happened about 20 years ago, there was a pretty good push on fall tomatoes. They have a very short shelf life in a nursery. They'll last about 10 days, and then they get lanky and leggy, and people lose interest in them. And so after two or three years of having them for us, the nurserymen kind of lost interest when people didn't buy them one summer when it was really hot. And so they quit stalking them. And we can go in and ask for them, but they say, you know, I had them and nobody bought them, so I quit stalking them. So you can okay. try farm supply stores. You could try your better nurseries. Uh, the big box stores are very unlikely to have them, but you never know. It, it's it's worth asking and and by asking, you'll you'll plant a seed for next year, and they might they might have them next year. But it's worth trying. You can also root tomatoes from cuttings, just like you do coleus or or uh, some of the house plants and things. And they root very easily. It's just getting too late to do that in Amarillo. Somebody in Central or South Texas could still do it, but but not so much Amarillo. Oh wow, that's just something that I never knew. That that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, and I was also interested in your book. I was trying to so, uh, but you see your website to do it, best place. I'm sorry, I, I cannot understand you. I heard you say oh. you were interested in the book, and from that point on, I didn't understand. Yeah, I was interested in your book, and you were saying your website best place to get it at. Well, it's only available on my website or by calling my office. I chose not to put it in stores and on Amazon because I wanted to be able to sign all the copies. 
I just was trying to keep the price as low as I could. And it's okay. guaranteed satisfaction. You're buying a pig in a poke because you can't see it before you buy it. But uh, but I will back it up with a money-back guarantee. And like I say, 75,000 copies sold, and nobody's asked for money back. So it, it must be oh, yeah, be- okay. I definitely believe you on that. Well, um, I'll be getting that book, and I appreciate your time. Thank you, Neil. You you are welcome. Thanks for the call, Jesse. Have a good day. Let me go to Mike in Weatherford now. We're going all over the state. I love this. Mike, this is Neil. Good morning. Morning, Neil. <clears throat> yes, sir. I've got, I've got red cedar that is native uh, on the property, and they're dying from the bottom up. And I suspect it's the uh, juniper situation, but just wondered if there was anything that could be done for it. How large are they? Oh, <laughs> they're about 20 feet. All right. They're mature. And, all right, I want to ask you two or three questions. I've been around uh, Eastern Red Cedar all of my life. And I've watched a few of them die. Most of them don't. Um, I'm very familiar with the problems that Eastern Red Cedar, Juniperus virginiana, uh, has. Uh, I want to try to help you, and and so I want to figure out what might have happened. Um, I have probably 250 of them on the 11 acres that we live on. Uh, So I watch them, and and, uh, like I say, I'm pretty familiar with what, what goes wrong if anything goes wrong with them um that's why i ask you how old they were if maybe they were new plants that you just set out and obviously they're not uh what did you first observe and what month did you observe it oh well it goes back to almost last year when it started and i just uh, thought maybe because it was so dry that that was one of the reasons but, what month did uh, you first see the problem? Oh, sir, I don't know. Probably in the early... Uh, no, it must have been the first part of the winter because it's when we noticed we could see through the, the neighbors. All right. And so you're talking about winter of 16, 18 months ago, or are you talking about... Uh, Six yes. months ago. No, eighteen it months ago. Pro- All right. Yes. All right. Uh, if it's any consolation, uh, I don't think it has anything to do with the drought. Eastern red cedar is native to our area, as you said at the outset, and they have been through biblical droughts that are much worse than anything we've had in the last two or three years. They went through the drought of 2011, which was the worst I have seen. I wasn't around during the Dust Bowl days, but I was around during the uh, parts of the 50s that were very dry. Uh, I grew up in College Station. I have seen really dry times. 2011 was awful, and I did not water mine at all on the 11 acres that we have, other than the one or two that I have up around the house got a little bit of water, but we were only allowed to water once a month. And they didn't get it. I wasn't interested in watering them. I was trying to water my my landscape. Uh, yeah. They're very equipped to survive what, what we've had so far the last two years. Uh, they were not hurt by the cold, so I'm not, not worried about that. They were hurt a little bit by the ice this year that broke some of the branches, but that's a very different 
uh, situation. Things that will bother red cedars are spider mites, and they will start from the bottom up. Uh, you will see them getting um, a kind of a tan color, um, and, and they will, it will flush upward. They'll turn kind of a rusty tan if there is such a color. And the plants get very dry, and they will get sparse. It can uh, kill a, a red cedar. It's not as common on eastern red cedar as it is on uh, some of the other junipers, like uh, the trailing juniper ground covers, or some of the ones that are used in landscaping, like Blue Point and some of the others. You'll see those being devastated by by uh, spider mites. Uh, but that would be one thing I would check, and that shows up that particular mite. I'm not an entomologist, but I've just noticed that the mite that gets on junipers starts in the winter. It starts in January. It doesn't wait for hot weather like the mites that get on tomatoes and beans and marigolds. So that may okay. be what you what you had a problem with. How many how many uh, red cedars do you have that are affected? Uh, no, that, that'll be the second question. I, I was going to see what percentage you have. There's. Uh... Probably you have a lot. 12. Yeah, there are 12. Right. And how many, of, how many of the 12 are affected? Uh, not quite half. Probably four. Okay. All right. And is it getting worse right now? Yes. All right. Uh, there is a possibility. Say it again. It's gotten worse since uh, uh, the winter. Okay. Well, there is a possibility that that would be spider mites. The way that you check is you take a, a branch that is going downhill, not a dead branch, and you thump it over a sheet of white paper and look for yeah. mi- almost microscopic specks to move around. It's just amazing. I got myself a free meal at a restaurant once. I said, are you aware that you have a terrible infestation of spider mites on your ground cover bed? And I took him out, the manager out, and showed him. And he said, oh, my gosh, let me buy your meal. You saved my landscape. And <laughs> so I said, well, all right, I won't turn that one down. But uh, anyway, that that's a possibility. I, I don't know that it's it'd be unusual to see a third of your plants um, affected simultaneously, but it's possible. Um, I don't know beyond that. Uh, if it's if it's uh, that serious, you've looked for you've looked for bagworms. Obviously, you know what they would their right. impact would look like. Right? Okay. I don't know beyond that. If these are eastern red cedar as opposed to, like, this is not killing the tops out, just the tops and coming downward, right? Well, so far, I'm hoping that it doesn't kill it all the way. No, I, um, I got that. No, the the uh, Fomopsis uh, and uh, Cabotina, that's not exactly the right name. Two of them travel together, two diseases. Um, that was pretty close. Clemson has a really good website that covers both diseases uh, on Blue Point Juniper. They kill the tops out of, out of the junipers. And, I mean, it's dramatically, wow, that top is dead. And uh, and so I was just making sure that wasn't what you were saying. I, Mike, no, I can't tell without seeing it. I can't tell without seeing I understand. it. Uh, post, post a photo on my Facebook page, and I will look for it. Facebook has a nasty habit as of the last uh, 53 weeks of not putting posts like this in chronological order. It may slide it way down 
two or three weeks old, but I'll look for it. If I know you're going to do that, I will look for it uh, tonight, and I'll see if I can find it, and I'll well, answer I'm, it. I'm not sure I can. I'm, I'm, I'm not on Facebook. but uh, Do you have a, a relative who is that can post and say this is from Mike in Weatherford? I can try. Okay, well, most, I'm going to look for it. Them. I'm going to look anyway, and I'll if you have a, a relative or a friend who is on can could post it on my page just in my name, then I'll I'll try to help you. That's the best way to get me a photo that I can look at and, and maybe help you. I gotta run, but hopefully that'll be a way we can make contact. So thanks. Right, thanks thank much. I'll try to help you. Much. You betcha. You betcha. Neil Stray's Lone Star Gardening is my book. It's uh, thirty-two ninety-five. Thirty-two ninety-five. That is a summertime beat inflation special. Everybody else is raising their prices. I lowered my price. That's to help. I'm doing what I can, folks. I wish I could. I wish I could do a lot more. Uh, this is a book that uh, will be thirty-eight ninety-five, and the regular price of this printing is thirty-six ninety-five. So I'm just throwing figures all around. But it's thirty-two ninety-five. That's the operative you need to remember. While I have a supply of this printing, and uh, this book has. Uh, uh, 344 pages, 840 photographs, and it was printed in Texas. It is a hardback, printed on high-quality paper. I sign every copy. That's why I chose not to put it in stores. That's why I chose not to put it on Amazon. I can sign them at home. I have vertigo uh, pretty often, and I can't promise to do book signings in stores. And I thought, you know what? I can do it this way, and it's worked out beautifully. And so I'd love to sign a copy for you and get it right in the mail. I sign them, and I take them to the post office myself and put them right in the mail for you. So if you'd like to see it, I'd be happy to send it to you. 344 pages, 840 photos, covering every aspect of outdoor gardening for every county in Texas, from Amarillo to Corpus Christi and even beyond in both directions, all the way from Alpine to Crockett. These are places I have stations, don't you understand? And everywhere in between and beyond. So let me send a copy to you, won't you please? You can order it either by calling my office or by going to my website. Those are the two ways you can buy the book. Not in stores, not on Amazon. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. So much better than that old cowboy boot book that was last written and, and published in 1991. Here are the two ways you can get Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. Call my office Monday through Friday, business hours. That's 800-752-GROW. Or, better yet, order it online right now while you're thinking about it. You can see all the details of the book by going to neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. More after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. Let me give you a couple of tips on summertime lawn care. Number one, we mentioned earlier not to fertilize St. Augustine in the heat of the summer. There is a fungal disease called gray leaf spot that is exacerbated by nitrogen in the summer. It has become quite a problem in many parts of Texas. Uh, we never heard of, I never heard of gray leaf spot until the last 25 years, but in that time it has become quite the, quite the, Quite the thing to have. One of the best ways, you can use azoxystrobin, that is the fungicide, azoxystrobin, 
Uh, you can use that to, uh, uh, to slow it down a good bit. But the better way is just stay away from nitrogen from mid-June until early September. Uh, gray leaf spot also will bother zoysias, so be forewarned. Uh, another thing on lawn care in the summer is uh, you can fertilize Bermuda, not a problem. Another thing in the summer is uh, to leave your mower where it has been set. You don't raise the mower blade just because it's now hot and dry. People had the mistaken idea that by raising the mower, the grass will be more drought tolerant or heat tolerant or whatever. Tall grass becomes weak grass, more subject to uh, uh, weed invasion, etc. And the reason that happens is that the blades start to grow more upright, seeking sunlight. It's, it's not like they're thinking about, I need more sunlight, I'm going to grow upright, but that's just what happens. And so use the recommended mowing height and, and leave it there. The one exception to that might be Bermuda grass. If you notice that every time you mow your Bermuda lawn, it's brown right after you mow, then you may be mowing down into stem stubble. And I could negotiate raising the mower one notch for Bermuda, the balance of the summer, if you agree to drop it back that same one notch next February and scalp it and start the process over again, raise it in June, lower it in February, raise it in June, lower it in February, um, if, uh, if, if you're willing to do that. But other lawn grasses and maybe even Bermuda, just pick the right height and leave it there. And uh, so, and just be mindful of what the lawn looks like when it's dry and water it. If you're allowed to water with water restrictions, water it uh, deeply when you water and then wait until it's dry again before you water again. And it'll uh, be a healthier lawn as a result. Um, We water our lawns too much. And I know there are parts of Texas where you're on very strict water curtailment. Your lawn will make it through all right. So let me get my last break in, and we'll come back and go to our phone call. My website is neilsperry.com. That's where you buy my books, where you sign up for my eGardens newsletter. Again, that is N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. So you can see those St. Augustine diagnostics that I just put up this week. You'll find that very helpful at neilsperry.com. At Mueller, they believe in value. Their value plus buildings are pre-engineered and they feature an easy-to-assemble, bolt-together design. Mueller's durable roofing panels are hail-resistant and they come backed by a 30-year limited paint warranty. But true value never stops at just a quality product produced at a reasonable price. It shows in the service you receive during your purchase and in how a company stands behind their product after the sale. Mueller understands that buying a steel product or a metal roof for your home can be a lifetime decision, and Mueller will provide assurance before, during, and for decades after your purchase. At Mueller, you simply get more. You get more for your money, you get more confidence in their company, and that gives you a lot more value. Call Mueller at 877-2-MUELLER, M-U-E-L-L-E-R, 877-268-3553, or visit them online at MuellerInc.com. Mueller means more. Mueller means value. More after this message. All right, and so we have a minute or we have no time. Tell me. Tell me, Jared. All right. Jared is very busy right now because I gave him a homework assignment. I think we have about a minute, folks. We are just really up against the clock. I talk too much on the uh, summer lawn care. 
Uh, Jared, we have 30 seconds, I guess. I'm not going to try to take Deborah's uh, call right now. It was Red Oak losing leaves, and I uh, went longer than I intended to. So anyway, uh, I will try to hook up with her separately, and, and we'll get that uh, answer to her. So, folks, I hope you have a wonderful week. We will be live next week over the 4th of July weekend. I hope you'll join us then. Hope you'll be safe. And uh, I appreciate you for listening very, very much. I hope it's a great one for you. Thank you. Thanks to Jared Taylor for a great program. And until next week, happy gardening.